the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the Week 10 College Football Betting Recap and Quick Week 11. Look at him, Stucky. And joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson. Colin, I have to say, number one, congrats to your Hogs. They came through for us. 1-0 in the post-Dan Enos era. Um, I had a, a middling Saturday. I went 7-6 overall, but who cares? You killed it. Round of applause, everything you said on the pod, almost. And I think you went 19 and 8 on the app. Um, yeah. So who cares about me? Great week. Keep, let's keep it rolling. Uh, but congrats on your hogs. Po- oh, one in the post-Eno's there. They yeah, almost it, blew it. They almost blew it. But They're still an undisciplined team. There's still a lot going on with Arkansas they need to clean up. But the offense was remarkably better. Fits more of K.J. Jefferson's needs. And it's great to see at the end of the game – because I don't think with Dan Enos they would have done this, but for KJ just to lower his head, bowl people over, hand it off to Rocket, let him bowl people over, and that's how we score a touchdown to win the game, it is exactly what Razorback football has always been. It's what it needs to be, and we stepped away from that for a while. I'm glad that's how we won that game. Yeah, uh, that was a really entertaining game. It was a extremely entertaining day. Oh, my God. I mean, there was just nonstop action from start to finish. Uh, unless you're Darren Rebell and you went to the Northwestern Iowa game, um, which I believe both teams had under. I both I believe. Let me double check this before I say it. Northwestern Iowa, which had a 10-7. Yeah, both teams had a hundred. They had under 175 total yards of offense. You know how many times that's happened over the last 50 years? No, well, I don't. <laughs> no. Uh, neither do I. Uh, let me look it up real quick. It has happened since 1980. Two other times with FPS FPS matchups, third third time. So you saw history, Darren. Uh, but just an unbelievable day, start to finish, of huge marquee games. But I will say the there hasn't been that many top upsets, so we haven't seen any of the top five really go down a lot. Missouri, who actually statistically, if you look at like EPA per play, they outplayed Georgia. Uh, which was a really interesting result. Where did where was what was the difference? Havoc and 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 the red zone. Missouri couldn't finish the drives, and then Georgia got that huge pick at midfield. But a very feisty effort from Missouri against Georgia. But we still have all of the undefeateds, and that's what's really throwing a wrench into the entire college football playoff. Because what's going to happen with these multiple one loss teams if it's like Alabama? Oregon, if they win the Pac-12. Texas, if they win out. Huge win for our Big 12 futures with Texas holding on and also getting you the cover. Double whammy there. But it's, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because right now there's five teams that control their own destiny. Ohio State and Michigan, now they're going to play each other. And then Washington, 
Florida State, and Georgia. So Alabama, Oregon, Texas, if they win out, which one of them is going to move up if one of the other teams loses? And so a lot to still play out because we haven't seen any of these top upsets. Any takeaways from the top, uh, you know, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, uh, or Washington from the weekend? No, I mean, we. I said this in a, our piece, our look-ahead piece before the college football playoff came out last week that – Florida State has the easiest path. I expect them to be in the playoff, no problems. I'd say the six to one out. I'm not saying they're going to win the national title, but I, I think if there's a safe six to one out there for the national title, getting the team into the playoff, it's got to be them. I was more shocked by Washington. I know we called USC. Um, Washington was back on point offensively, as explosive as forever. Uh, a lot more running in that game than I could have ever believed. I think, you know, I hope my hope is that now that we're coming down to the path, we're starting to trim some teams off and we're getting a whole bunch of one losses. I really want Washington or Oregon to be in the college of all playoff as to where I get nervous that Ohio state loses as a one loss team and slips in because of the power that they have in the teams and their resume of who they beat. Uh, that's what makes me nervous. Like Ohio state at one loss, non big 10 champion should not trump Oregon and Washington. If either of them win the pac 12 with one loss or Texas, that's the fear or Texas, or Texas. Yeah. I mean, Texas, would have, Texas would also have a bit, another win in the big 12 championship and they have the best win of the season at Alabama. Alabama also took care of business against LSU. Uh, good call by you there. I, I will say going through those top look, Georgia's probably the most complete team along with Michigan, Michigan. We just have so few data points. It's like, uh, we don't have any, like, yeah, they look good. They're, but like, can we, can we play somebody first? Um, so, you know, Michigan looks complete, but how could they not with the schedule so far? We'll learn a lot more in and, Happy Valley next week against an improving Penn State team. And Oklahoma State is not going to improve their resume enough for that to be a, I mean, it's going to be a big win for Texas and Arlington, but Oklahoma State finishes up with Houston, BYU, Central Florida. Like, it's just, they're not going to get any big, Resume builders on their way to Arlington to help Texas out. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, another lucky cover. McCord just doesn't look like the guy still. Uh, Florida State, they look like the best team at their peak, right? They're When they peak, and then they go in these lulls. They're so inconsistent. So they're highs and lows. So they have these, like, quarters and halves that are just like, what are they doing? Who is this team? You know, we saw it at multiple games this year. So they're they're like the they're going to bring in the variants because obviously they're in the discussion and super talented, but they just think they're very inconsistent up and down. Washington still has other defense. I mean, look, credit to Washington for that cover. They won the game at the end of the first half, final minute, went for it on fourth and six, scored a touchdown, got a fumble recovery, scored another touchdown. Uh, I was just shocked. I had, I had three and a half, and I, I look, I had not, I so I, I can talk about this now because every number lost. Like I I, I assumed I was gonna they're gonna get a touchdown in that game. That's that's <laughs> like I mean that is the classic game. You get a backdoor. Everyone else you know if you had three you get a push, and then all of a sudden Williams started missing throws at the end. But guy yeah, I gotta give credit to look Washington's defense is still a major problem. Um and I don't think that they're look what we learned is Washington couldn't run the ball, and USC could never could, it was smart by Washington to try to run it and they, it, it's not like the running back did anything great. He had 210 yards before contact. He was just wide open holes and ran just ran through them. And that's what we learned that Washington, what, what's what's going to give? Is it the USC run defense or the Washington? And it was the Washington offense in a major way. Uh, but before we get to voice fails, let's do best call, worst call, bet, regret. I'll do best call. I'll do two that I talked to you off of and on to. 
Uh, Air Force, obviously. Come on. Mm-hmm. One outright. Didn't even have to score. They could have lost 3 nothing and been fine. Um, and then, so I talked you off of uh, Air Force. And then uh, Arizona. The wagon that is Arizona, baby. Put that. You want to talk about college, potential college football teams? Can we put Arizona in? When does Arizona get in the discussion? Can we do? Can we change overtime losses to wins? Is there a rule? Can we implement a new rule? That Arizona team is so good in every phase right now. I mean, that, that defense a turnaround number one. But Fafita throws a pick on his first drive and then shreds a really good UCLA defense, and they dominated UCLA. So I'll say those two. Um, worst call. Uh, Maryland just got trucked. I mean, look, you. I know that you mentioned this that about Penn State throwing more downfield, and they did. Uh, they did again against Indiana, and they did again this week against Maryland. That's a good sign going into Michigan. Uh, Dante Cephas sightings. They were much more explosive, uh, and Maryland just had nothing. Um, so that was uh, just an absolute truck. Uh, so I'll say that was my worst call. Bet regret was the Colorado under. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I figured that with Shermer, it was like Dion protect protecting Shador. And Shermer's offenses, we talked about this on the podcast, are so or on the live show. Uh they're so conservative. And he like loves wide receiver screens. Uh so I figured that you know, Colorado and Oregon State's not a fast team. They want to run it. So I, I I was thinking about that under never pulled the trigger. That is my bet regret. How about you? Best call, worst call, bet regret. That might be the last time I bet on Colorado as a team. Cause I had the under and I had Colorado and you know, they had to blitz their final two drives to cover that number. It was some extremely poor decision-making on the offensive side of the ball. It looked like there was no leadership because the decisions that were made, especially before halftime cost them points. Uh, but the under was a lock. Uh, as far as best call, worst call, let's go best call Kansas State. First half under, that one clipped uh, 24, under 24 and a half. And then we went on, Kansas State roared back, monster comeback, but it landed perfectly. We cashed a four and a half ticket on Kansas State. We maintained the Texas Big 12 futures that we got a lot of money on. Uh, so that was just a surgical, uh, a really good game for us. And then West Virginia is our overdog for the week that, you know, I peeled off that air for air force after you went in midstream in the middle of the podcast and said, well, where, where, wait, I'm sorry, West Virginia is a team. I definitely want to go against BYU in an overdog spot, which I might be fading BYU from here on out as our overdog spot on our podcast. And then Alabama, um, I did, there are a couple of games this season where I've given it like national championship attention, where I go into coverages and run concepts and 12s and 22s and stuff like that. And I gave Bama LSU that kind of treatment, and it really paid off. They're just the areas that were handicapped and written about on Action Network were exactly the way that that game played out. So from a best call standpoint, I'm happy with that. Worst call, Virginia Tech wasn't even close. I, After taking a Syracuse bet after the bye into Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech smoked them, I thought that they really might have a little bit of legs to get to the ACC championship game. They weren't even close. Louisville is that team. And then on the West Coast, the San Diego State thinking they could come back after a bye and challenge uh, <laughs> a Utah State team. I mean, it was some overtime. It did come down to 0-0 and went to overtime. And But San Diego State had their chances to win the game. They didn't. They're an absolute dumpster fire and a mess. And from a bet recall standpoint, a bet regret standpoint, I'll be real short because it's G5. I should have gone back to the well with Southern Miss. They're a different team. Uh, they completely blew out ULM as two-point favorites. Um 
the odds makers don't have a good cap of where this team is since they've reorganized everything and they might have legs to be a play on team similar to Arkansas. There's some sort of desperate uh, desperation mode going on here. Uh, they're going to cover some spreads uh, uh, and then Hawaii. Hawaii, absolutely. We talked about it. I talked about the guys on the island coming to Nevada. Nevada should not be favored like this. Uh, you know, they're winning games six to zero games. They shouldn't be winning and uh, passed on Hawaii. Didn't make a play on it. And they won outright off the Island. All right. As always, let's get to, I was about to say some trash. I'm already getting, I'm already excited for week 11. Uh, no, we're not getting any trash yet. Um, let's get to the voicemails as always. Bad beats, back doors and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. Have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Canvas podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. Colin, Stucky, just another game where you guys are both dead on about my Sooners. Stucky, specifically, can you just be wrong about OU once? Just once, please. Moving on, there's kids in middle school recess that run a better offensive scheme as that fat Jeff Levy. Honestly, he literally couldn't call plays for kids at recess. Not a doubt in my mind. Oh, we have a field goal kicker who can't make one from 30 yards, so let's run a bubble screen and lose eight and then still attempt the field goal. Leave this bum on the street can't scheme against kansas and oklahoma state you can find a way to get art Wilds on the field after a game clown boys it's tc from detroit just wanted to call and say we are on a rapid fire-ish start to the day you're always getting calls people talking wanted to give you your props give you your flowers we are on fire Let's keep the train rolling. Woo! Pig! Yeah, Bedlam, it was fun. Uh, the last Bedlam, Gundy, I think, after said we won't get it in the regular season, but maybe it'll be a bowl matchup and he would welcome that. Uh, Gundy is is feeling himself here after this recent run, and he was he, he was getting chirped earlier in the season. This is it for Gundy. Yep. And what do you know? He turns it around again. Oklahoma State now. Controls its own destiny to the Big 12 title, as does Texas. Then there's a logjam of two lost teams. Bowman was great. He threw for 335 yards. Gordon, Oklahoma's run D is, is pretty good, but Gordon got his. You know, he had 140 yards on the ground. Rashad Owens was great for Oklahoma State. He had 10 catches for 136 yards. That's big for them for just a receiver that can step up as the alpha. Um, but I will, I mean, look, it was a coin flippish game. Oklahoma State was the right side, but. There was a massive, massive P.I. call that was missed in that game where I I don't know how they didn't call it on Oklahoma State. But congrats to Pokes. Yeah, Oklahoma. Can we insert the Denny Denny Green clip, RIP? They are who we thought they were. Um, So, yeah, congrats to Oklahoma State. And if you're Oklahoma and you want to win a Big 12 title, you just got to hope for chaos. But it doesn't look likely. And there's, they still need to fill some holes on that roster, as we talked about. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, uh, the handicap was Danny Stutzman. Can Danny Stutzman be present, healthy, and stop Ollie Gordon? Uh, if not, it's going to be a long day for Oklahoma. 
They missed 17 total tackles on the day. So, yeah, Danny Stutzman, I know a lot of people on Twitter were asking me, what's his update, what's the update, and I knew that he was going to go out and try to warm up and maybe even suit up and try to partake. But he wasn't in there in the first series. And then it showed, I mean, even the names that I dropped on the podcast, here's their missed tackle rate. Jaron Kanick, linebacker, he had a 40% missed tackle rate. Gentry Williams, left side cornerback, 40% missed tackle rate. Billy Bowman, strong safety, 33% missed tackle rate. You can't have that kind of missed tackle rate when you go up against Ollie Gordon. So that was the handicap. Danny Stutzman didn't play, and I'm not shocked the Cowboys won it outright. Yeah, enjoy it. Uh, I'm sure my Sooner fans, friends, and all my friends down in Norman and the surrounding area are not happy. Uh, they had a lot of hope early in the season. So, And then to lose the last Bedlam. What, what were they at the Oklahoma State game? They were playing at the end of the game on the speaker. They were playing. We will never, ever, ever get back together. That song, which I yeah. thought was good. Anyway, do you think Ollie Gordon? If, if so, he's got he's got a cupcake schedule for three games before he gets to Texas. You think he has shot to win the Heisman? It's going to be the hot ticket at forty to one, fifty to one, whatever's out there this week. No, uh, I just don't think he did enough early in the season, and then they're not going to have enough marquee games coming right. down the stretch. So, yeah, I mean, he have to he have to go for like four hundred a game, like. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do you have yeah he'd have to run which is possible run. with some of these defenses yeah, he's about like, to face but yeah um no i think that if you had like a super long shot before i don't think was he even like listed no i think he was um, listed the last like two weeks ago yeah uh, yeah he wasn't listed early in the season i don't think um i mean maybe if you had like the field do they i thought they would offer the field on heisman uh, like what at eight to one you're gonna take that i would oh my gosh is that I, what it is I just I I saw the new odds because he was 50 to one last week. Ollie Gordon's now 16 to one. No, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Play through. <laughs> Danny knows you little. <laughs> I hope Danny knows listens to this podcast. I want him to know that he's a <laughs> for sabotaging the Arkansas football program that was always a wagon and was always a playoff contender without him on staff. So Dan Enos, if you're listening. Yeah, I'm not sure Arkansas was a playoff contender without Dan Enos, but uh, I will take the results that we got. Um, By the way, we were blaming Dan Enos. <laughs> we, everyone knew this. We knew this. Like it, it, all Dan Enos did was take a paycheck. And, uh, yeah. It's not his fault. He can't call offense. He got hired. We got to look at, I mean, Pittman, no, that was, that's on Pittman at the end of the day. Three million dollar paycheck and all, yeah. I mean, to just vomit for I'm done. To, you know what? I'm done talking about Danny Enos. I'm done. I hope he never comes back into any of our 133 teams down to Conference USA. I hope we don't. If he pops I up, do. we can fade them. Oh, Jesus. You know, he's going to end up down at Conference USA. Iowa. It's going to be Iowa's OC. <laughs> I could see it from a mile away that Rutgers is going to lose that game by 19 when I had them plus 18 and a half. Number one team in the country got outgained by Rutgers. The committee should be fired for putting the number one. They could have easily lost if they called targeting on that game-changing pick six or if Rutgers knew how to score from the three-yard line. Somebody please beat these clowns. I'm sick and tired of these I said it once and I'll say it again. This team is irrelevant without Marvin Harrison Jr. And while I'm here, USC too. Love you guys. Hey Colin. Hey Stucky. Like any other sucker, I've been riding the Rutgers wagon all year. They've been an absolute wagon. All I got to say is kids always get the best number. If you got plus 19 right when it opened, congrats, you got the push. But the rest of us got plus 18 and a half, and we just got the biggest 
four trips to the red zone, zero touchdowns. Then they go for it on that stupid fourth down in their own territory. Ohio State gets the late touchdown, gets the cover. I am just absolutely pissed. What a worthless cover by Ohio State. Great way to start the day. Yeah, the I, I'll say there's nothing worse. Like you want, you get an eighteen and a half, right? It's in a dead range. And you're like, ah, it's not going to go. It's definitely not going to twenty, right? And there's there's a I don't know a handful, decent amount of games that finish eighteen, um, and nineteen is like an irrelevant margin. So like to lose eighteen and a half by nineteen, and in that fashion, in a game that should have never been close to coming to that point. I mean, Rutgers outplayed them. Yeah, another pick six by Ohio State. And then, yeah, the red zone failures. Yep. The Ohio State defense is real, but, yeah, that Ohio State offense is a mess. I'm staring at it right now. I mean, it's points per possession inside the 40. Rutgers, 2.5 points. They just did not do well when they had drives past the 40. Ohio State, six points every time they crossed the 40. Every time they crossed the 40, they got a touchdown. So the game really hinged on that because when you go to success rate, I mean, Rutgers did great. They were better in passing plays. They were better in passing downs. They held their own when they were running the ball. They averaged 5.7 yards per play on runs. They had six runs over 12 yards. Really just came down to who could cash in and scoring opportunities, and it was not Rutgers, and that sucks because we still have to deal with this Ohio State bullshit. They should not. I mean, I get it. They've earned their way to be number one in the college football playoff. It's I don't know. If there's a look-ahead line, I've, I've been having to deep in dive in and look at lines here. Cause I just, I don't see any way this team is beating Michigan or beating anybody with any kind of clout on either side of the ball. This is a reminder the BBOC podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code action when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets. If your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colin, I just got to say, man, your analysis of Georgia somehow being more explosive without Brock Bowers may be one of the dumbest things I have ever heard a smart person say. How in the could this team be more explosive without one of the most dynamic players in the entire country? Could you explain that to me? And I'm sure you'll have EPA and all this other bull****, but I'm watching the first half of this game, and this offense stinks without him. I don't know if this guy's not watching, but they almost put a 50-burger up on Florida last week. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to go and tell anybody else that's actually been watching Georgia progress week to week to week that this isn't a more explosive team. They had... An explosive drive, national average, an explosive drive against against Missouri. Uh, I think that's a. I think you're. I think you're just trying to go on one game sample set where they didn't average as much inside the red zone. I mean, come on, they they are more explosive than with Brock Bowers. They're throwing down the field. They have way more deep shots. It's. I mean, the game landed four points from where the total was the week before. They almost put a fifty burger on Florida. So invalid argument. Colin, honestly, can't put into words how much I appreciate you, man. I don't know if you heard me just pop that bottle of Vouv champagne in the background, but another week of fading your totals, and the pocket is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. When you threw out that Utah under, I said, over. When you threw out that Georgia over, I'm, 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 I'm on a consistent hot streak of playing Georgia overs. I played this thing up to 60. Under. Any loyal listeners, follow my path. You will be rich.
Thanks, Colin. Keep up the good work, buddy. <laughs> Aloha, It's your boy, Alex, from Florida. Calling from a music festival right now. Actually, I'm on some edibles right now. But you know I had to step away for a minute to watch a little college football. And, uh, Ducky, I'm disappointed in you, brother. You say you're the king of the trash, and yet you didn't take the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors today. Easiest bet of the day. Hawaii and Army. Let's go, baby. Love you guys. Bye. Colin and Stucky, I owe you guys a big thank you. Thank you for always talking about the dogs. Last year against Oregon, you're on Oregon. Texas in the Alamo Bowl, you're on Texas. This year against Oregon, you're on Oregon. This year against SC, you're on SC. Keep fading us. We love it. That's exactly how we like to be. Thank you so much for your analysis. We can't run the ball. Well, guess what? Dylan Johnson tonight had 256 yards rushing and four touchdowns. How you like them apples? Go dogs. We might only hear from Washington fans after they face the USC defense. It's the only time they're going to boast any rushing numbers. Yeah, but, but I mean, where were you against Ari- calling after Arizona uh, or Arizona State? Who should have beat you when we were? Oh, there no, wasn't no. even a touchdown in there against Arizona State. You beat USC. Congrats, everyone does. Cal should have beat him last week. USC, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. They don't have defenders on the television screen. They don't have defenders within ten yards of the receivers. Stupid call. On Arizona State, stupid call on USC and Maryland. Oh my God. Unbelievable. I just watched Ryan Walters pull the biggest crock of that I've seen all day. I've been enough on this team, you know, as we watched last week, them try and compete against Nebraska. They haven't drawn up a competent pass play all season and with 20 seconds left on the clock he calls a timeout and draws up just the perfect play to just my michigan ticket you ryan walters boiler down can't imagine anyone else watching the entire sam houston kennesaw state game oh wait yeah i did i mean i don't know why i did never like the cover was in doubt i mean stucky you gave me this problem with Sam Houston State. I f***ing watched probably 16 quarters of this team play football. Man, I'm f***ing losing my mind. I mean, I'm just thinking of how I wasted three hours of today watching Sam Houston State, Kennesaw State. Uh, yes, congrats to Sam Houston State, by the way. Their first win, barely. They were in, That was in doubt against Kennesaw State, who has two wins on the season against Lincoln, California, and Tusculum. Probably pronouncing that wrong. They were losing 21-7 at half. Yeah, uh, that's so funny. By the way, this I I, I think I know that that caller. Uh, Mitchell has the same problem. Hopefully, he finally hit his money line bet. He's been martingaling Sam Houston State. Did he do it this week? Our producer went as a seventeen point favorite. Hopefully, he did it to get all his money back. Otherwise, he's in trouble. Uh, by the way, yeah, someone called to talk shit on Collins two totals with nineteen and eight uh, on, on Saturday. Pick another weekend. All right, moving on. You know, guys, very rarely am I listening to the podcast. And you come across talking about my alma mater, South Carolina. I'm having a year as it is. And I'm just thinking, these guys are not seeing what I'm seeing. But then the hope sets in. I go, oh, 
maybe it'll just be a good old-fashioned blowout. And we can't stop the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. This is the worst defense I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Welcome to hell, gentlemen. Welcome to hell. Uh, bad call there. They couldn't stop. I mean, I don't know. How can you not stop that South Carolina State defense offense with their athletes? And they were running it too much. Rattler was just destroying. And then they would run it and then have to punt a couple times. Mm-hmm. Rattler went, went banana, absolutely bananas. Could do whatever he wanted against that secondary, which is which is my handicap. I thought the South Carolina defense would be able to get some stops. And then, of course, they they get tackled going into cover and then take knees because if I had the dog, they would have went for a touchdown. Uh, so they still almost covered. That's how bad Jacksonville State is. But they also had a pick six. It was the wrong side. Um and then Beamer after the game say we're going to celebrate and dance around. This is a huge win. Uh, the fan base can't like to hear that. Come on. How bad? How bad is South Carolina's defense? South Carolina, uh, Jacksonville State had ten tackles for loss, and Jacksonville State's offense converted ten of nineteen third downs. They even gave away four turnovers. Like, how bad is South Carolina? It's unbelievable. Yep. Hey, Stucky, this is Adam in L.A. I think you got confused with the wrong cock on the favorite underdog parlay and the favorite overdog parlay. <laughs> Where were you on that one, you dip? Both of you morons. How the were you so confident in a South Carolina team that can't be Jacksonville State by more than 15 and a half? This team sucks. They should lose this game outright. Hey, fellas. Great call, Colin Wilson, Arkansas, first half. Great job. Now, here's the hard part. I hate Shane Beamer. What a tool. He's always been a tool with his khakis and his cheering on the sideline and all that. How the are you losing to Jacksonville State? I mean, they could come back here and probably cover, but it's not going to happen because he's a loser. You're South Carolina. All I hear about is this recruiting class, recruiting class, recruiting class. They blow. A team that can't even play in a bowl comes into your backyard, punks you. Embarrassing. Beamer ball. Kidding me? The battle of two. Come on. Cover. It's Jacksonville State. They just got here. South Carolina is a poverty program. Oh, my God. This. Listen. I don't want to see South Carolina on my bowl slate. Frankly, it's because Beamer, you know, these wins that he has out of conference, he always celebrates the out of conference wins. He does have a great out of conference against the spread record in his time, but he's terrible within conference. He's terrible on defense. They're terrible in the trench. They're an impossible handicap. And they pull off these 14 to 17 point underdog outright victories. And he celebrates with the town parade and, and all that shit. Now to, to, to finish here, Vanderbilt, and they host Kentucky. They'll be a dog by about four points. And then they're going to play. They're going to host Clemson. They're going to be a dog of about seven and a half points. So I'd like to say they're dead. We don't have to see them on the bowl slate. But if they upset Kentucky and Clemson at home, which I'm guessing is possible, we may see them. I don't know. They're going to go to the Mayo Bowl again. Uh, who knows? I really don't want to see them on my bowl slate. I agree. Stocky, Colin, just got back in Columbia. Had to go up to Clemson as a South Carolina grad to watch the Notre Dame game, pulling for Notre Dame, and they just blow it. Clemson gives them the ball every time. Had my money on Clemson, tried to middle it at seven and a half. Nope, they can't get a touchdown in the second half. Then I'm freaking sweating the South Carolina game. We can't get past Jacksonville State, 
and then we finally pick them off. I'm relieved. We get down the run zone, have a way to get in the back door. No, Beamer kneels it three times. That was just brutal way to end the day. So, great. Carolina sucks. Can we just take a minute to recognize both of y'all's record against Penn State or for Penn State? Just off the dome here, Stuck was wrong against Maryland. Colin wrong against Ohio State. Stuck wrong against UMass spread. Colin wrong against UMass under. Stuck wrong against Northwestern. Colin wrong against Iowa over. Colin wrong against Illinois. And Colin wrong against West Virginia. When the f*** are you guys going to learn to stop betting for or against this team or any game they're involved in? It has cost me so much money. Love you, boys. Colin, you, nerd. Yeah, well, first of all, um, I, mean, I West just, Virginia and Northwestern were bullshit front door covers. I would bet I would make those bets 70 million times. They were doing fake knees. You hear, just hear about the South Carolina taking knees. I've never had a team get, get a front door cover in my life. Never had a team do a fake knee. My teams take my favorites take knees when they're not covering. I would bet Northwestern, who was winning the game in the second half, uh, a million times over. Yeah, but I've, I've been wrong more times. You forgot Penn State, Ohio State under. First half under where you, well, I just bet Penn State Maryland over that was easy like where, yeah. where is, I don't know what this guy is reading yeah I've had I've been wrong more times than not on Penn State this year it's gonna, yeah it happens all right moving on this message is for Colin Wilson New Mexico explosive offense are you kidding me seven points what the ever loving is going on here. Yeah, well, caller, uh, there were 11 drives by New Mexico. Two of them were explosive. That's a 19% explosive drive rate. The national average is 14%. New Mexico was explosive. Now, this is a lesson for everybody out there. EPA does not equal covers. I know a lot of people out there that don't understand gambling, don't gamble. A lot of people I've met out in Las Vegas don't even spend a penny, but make little pretty charts about how great explosiveness is. It doesn't equal winners. So I wasn't wrong in saying New Mexico is explosive. I think UNLV is the one who needs to be regraded because they are on fire right now. Barry Odom with uh, Brennan Marion running the go-go offense, unstoppable right now. UNLV in Arizona. Luckily, I caught the Arizona train. Those teams cover every week. Put those two in the bar stool bowl. That'd be great. No, you want to bet both of them. You don't want them to play each other. Over. <laughs> You'll, I'll lose two bets. Dude, I want to bet. McMurphy has Arizona projected. Uh, well, see his update against Iowa. Havertown. Arizona would beat them 38 nothing without even sweating. If Jed Fish is still there. Yeah, true. Stucky, I'm not letting you off the hook this time, buddy. Middle Tennessee, your entire cap was that New Mexico State has played a bunch of nobodies. What do you think Middle Tennessee State is? Nick Vadiato is where you put your money. The Aggies are drinking till they wobble in their shoes tonight, baby. Let's go. Uh, I'll say New Mexico State got me again. They're a Ponzi scheme, multi-level marketing camp, uh, just scam. Don't don't buy anything from them. They're a scam. Yeah, yeah. Congrats on your win. Congrats, Colin. Uh, Middle Tennessee State missed a thirty-yard field goal to cover. I was sick. And then they Is Riley Patterson, their kicker. I just... They didn't. They didn't score. Uh, I think he was at Memphis, didn't he? Riley Patterson. Then, uh, yeah. Then they don't. They don't score on the final drive. It gets down to the fifteen. Uh, I, w- I would make the bet again, to be honest. I shouldn't um, have bet. Yeah, I shouldn't have won the New Mexico State bet, period. I watched the whole thing. Yeah. They missed a 30-yard field goal. What, what are you going to do? They're a Ponzi. New Mexico State's a Ponzi scheme. All right, moving on. 
Doc, this one is for you, my man. I'm calling because you know, you know, you know. I'll tell you who knows. The group of five boys and Diego, Diego, covering again. Keep shortening it. Keep shortening it. Keep losing. Another under total down the drain. Colin Stuck, Tim from Maryland. Diego, Diego. All over Stucky's money line bet on Middle Tennessee State. Get the f- out of here. Let's f- go, Aggies. Do you know how hard it is to only score 13 points against Middle Tennessee's defense? 13 points? Diego, Diego. Moving on. Do you know how f- hard it is to be a UNM Lobo fan? Every car that calls in, not one single person knows the f- pain of being a University of New Mexico Lobo football fan. We have New Mexico State, Pavia Nation. He looks like Lamar Jackson of the Conference USA. Top it off today. My team's down 35-7 and a half. I put my phone number in the cuties phone that I'm hitting on. Already in the phone. UNM. Uh, by the way, yeah, yeah, I never think about that, about these. There's like real fans of these just teams <laughs> that are so bad. And you just win like one or two games every year. Uh, I have a lot of respect. By the way, call of the week right there. The New Mexico Lobo fan, get you some. Let's get you some respect for being a New Mexico fan. Call, reach out to me or our producer at Old Boy Uncle Mitch on Twitter, and we'll get you some gear, some action gear. Uh, yeah, it's a rough life. Like if you're a, a New Mexico or UTEP guy, they can never call in. You had a good money line pick on that man. They just kept failing near the in the near the goal line in the first half. Yeah. Oh my God! Um, at least they covered for you. But like, imagine be imagine being a New Mexico football fan. Like, where is there any hope for you? Can't even be like, well, maybe in twenty years. Um, <laughs> you're just you're just at the, in the basement your entire life with no hope of. It's like, oh, we got to beat we beat New Mexico State, our in-state rival this year. Woo! Oh, they're I, out there. They're coming for us. All right, good stuff, callers. New Mexico fan, call of the week. Reach out for gear. Um, I'm going to throw it now to Colin for a quick week 11 look at. Thanks, Duck. Okay, everybody, here's some look ahead lines for week 11 in college football. A very light slate for me out of the gate. Lines are getting sharper as we get into November, but I want to let everybody know what I'm looking for and what I'm I probably am trying to fire on. The Michigan Penn State line is correct. It's a number that I make Michigan minus four and a half on the road. The total is where I've got my eyes. This is a total that I actually make in the 50s. It's opened up in the low 40s. Looks like it's catching a little steam here. We're only a couple hours into openers here on Sunday afternoon, but this is a number that there's going to be a lot of talk about this game. I think the biggest thing is that Drew Aller is taking more shots downfield the last two games than Penn State did the entire season. Is that the plan against Michigan? It's going to be a tough handicap against Michigan this week. Strength of schedule is extremely low. Haven't really played anybody up to their level. The sign stealing uh, was the regression against Purdue. Uh, I would argue that winning by 28, they shouldn't have even won by 28, but uh, 28 is where I had that power rated. So the over is where I'm looking. And really uh, this week is all about can Drew Aller get the ball downfield on the Wolverines. Now USC is going to go play Oregon. Um, we'll see, you know, what the status is of Caleb Williams uh, who seemed to be pretty emotionally upset over that loss uh, against Washington 
last night. Uh, I power rate this game, Oregon minus 12 and a half, almost 13. Um, I, I'm probably one of the higher power rating systems on Oregon. And I have been all season. And two weeks ago, I we were firing on Oregon 30 to one for the national title. So there's definitely no backing down here. Um, the, the market opened up at 14. There's a couple of them that are at 14 and a half, uh, even a 15 out there. I expect this thing to kind of hover around 14 with enter within a point. Um, and really this comes down to Oregon's defense. Are they going to be able to stop USC when they come up? My expectation is that they will. Also, my expectation is that Oregon's going to have a field day and gain about 80% of available yards against USC's defense. Who knows what the dynamics there are with that loss to Washington if the team is quick because they are officially out of the Pac-12 race. Arizona and Colorado with a total of 55. I mentioned on the podcast earlier today that you just can't back Colorado anymore. Offensive display they put on the field was a lesser version of what they had with Sean Lewis, and now they're under Pat Shermer. They were a much slower version uh they were a much more heavy run version it's a game i power rate at seven and a half arizona minus seven and a half going in with a total of 57 the total is right there spot on number might be a little bit high you're probably not going to get arizona at a good price for the rest of the season at the same time can't see myself buying colorado after what i saw alabama in a hangover spot beating lsu they're going to go into kentucky um that's a game that i power rate kentucky plus eight and a half so I do think this number here is a little bit too high and it is a hangover spot. Not that I'm really trying to fade Alabama, but you are paying top dollar here in a game that's going to be at 11 a.m., at least here in central time zone. It'll be 11 a.m. So what kind of offensive fireworks are there going to be in this spot? Definitely going to need some research there. Total in there sitting at 47. I make it at 46. So we're good there. Uh, another one, Duke, North Carolina, that <laughs> there was a bookmaker that opened it up at 13. There were some others that opened it up at seven. Now it's floated up to 11. Look, Riley Leonard said it says they're going to be out for some time. I've adjusted for that in my power ratings. Um, the number that I've got on this game is North Carolina minus four. Uh, that's even with me taking out a large chunk on Riley Leonard. So uh, pay attention to this. I think that there's going to be some overreaction here without Riley Leonard in the lineup. Um, that's what the market is telling me right now, even though he's not coming back, I still think this number is very much too high. Um, and then finally we'll close out with Utah, Washington. Um, it looks like the number out there that came out was nine, nine and a half. Uh, it opened 10 and a half and it has come down from what was a quick opener and what was the look ahead line down to nine, nine and a half Utah showing no effects, uh, of bouncing back, uh, and just absolutely destroying Arizona state. This is a number that I make Washington minus nine. So I expect this to uh, kind of hang around the nine all week in a dead zone. And we'll be able to make a determination here, but it does help that they're playing up at home. It looks like offensively, they've got it figured out. Utah defense not played as well on the road as they have at home. So we'll see what they've got in the tank here, um, but no play on that one for me. And then finally, I think the big one, Auburn, Arkansas for me, Arkansas is in desperation mode. Um, they're going to need this to make it to a bowl at the same time. Auburn hasn't qualified for a bowl either. Um, this is a game that I power rate as a pick. I definitely do not want to go up against my hogs, but Kenny Guyton's offense is now on film for Auburn to completely dissect. And that would make me a little worrisome about backing Arkansas here. I do power rate this as a pick. So the minus three is a little bit heavy for Auburn. Also, for those of you that were listening to podcasts during the summer and back in the spring, Auburn was the first win total. I got out of the gate. Um, that number was six and a half. They're sitting on five wins. 
Now they're going to get another win on the schedule, but they have Alabama at the end of the season. That makes this game critical, absolutely critical to that win total. You may see something pretty fat come across on Arkansas, but that is to simply hedge uh, a few dimes that I have down on the Auburn win total. So we'll see. Uh, all right, that's it. Back to stuck in the show. All right, thanks, Colin. Does that later in the afternoon. Thanks to our producer, both of our producers on the back end, David and Matt. Thanks, Colin, as always, for joining me. And thanks, most importantly, to all of you and the voicemail callers. We love all of you. Uh, you make the show. And thanks for calling in 959-BAD-BEAT in the future. Put it in your phone or just go to my X or Twitter profile. It's always at the top there as well. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, leave a review. Five-star review. They really help us out. We do a bunch of giveaways. I'll try to do them next Sunday. I didn't get as many as I, I wanted. So I'll do a bunch next Sunday. Just leave a five-star review. If you've already done it, grab, grab someone else's phone. We'll be back on Tuesday morning. Probably talk some futures, maybe Heisman, uh, some other topics, trivia, some injury updates. We'll talk some weekday matching as well. So make sure you tune in. That'll be on the podcast on Tuesday. Also live on YouTube and in the app, 1030 AM Eastern. Group of five guys will be back on Wednesday. Colin and I'll be back late Thursday night for a week 11 preview. Thanks again to all of you for joining us. We'll see you later this week. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.